Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me here, crying tears of logic, is my friend Tim. I laughed, I cried, I did some math equations. It was all logical, Frank. (laughs) Just the way you hoped it would be. Just the way I hoped it would be so logical, because as we know, it's only logical, Captain. It's true. It is true. It's only yeah, yeah. Well, how are you, Frank? I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, I'm still enjoying this season of Supergirl and lots to talk about. And I am uh, I'm doing all right. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Shall we open up some letters? Perhaps you know some rifle and some letters in a mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. do some listener mail. Fantastic. Cool. Listener mail. Oh, here we're for here for some listener mail. That reminds me, actually, your little jingle reminds me. Um, mm. I wanted to put this out there for all of our listeners. If anybody wants to, uh, anybody who's a designer uh, wants to contribute some some show art, I'd love to. I'd love to see like what what you have uh, out there specifically for our different segments. I'd love to have different cover art for every segment. Um, so like one for listener mail, one for story time, one for that was a good bit, one for trailer talk. Leaving any Professor out. Comics Professor Corner. Comics Corner. That's the one. Um, so if you're a designer and you want to take a crack at designing some, you know, show art, some cover art that that can display, you know, as each of those segments happens, I would love to see what you uh, what you guys come up with. So, you know, email it to us, mail at supergirltvtalk.com, um, and uh, just uh, uh, I think we can go with uh, uh, I think fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred is the uh, most recent uh, size for you know pixels um for the uh for the artwork for uh, podcast artwork so yeah if you're a designer and you want to do that um please uh feel free feel free to submit something to us email to us but uh some other people have emailed us uh at, at mail at supergirltvtalk.com and uh they had some really cool things to say uh including jonathan in the uk who says a couple things he followed up on a couple of our most recent episodes and jonathan said um he's please do this in a british accent I if really if, do if not. If you're want being to if you're being Jonathan, he's from the UK. Come on, Frank. Not going to offend you Jonathan. Not going to offend Jonathan with my horrible, bl- bloody horrible accent. No, um, no, ew, ew. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> um, anyway. So I mean, I really all I can do is Liverpool because I'm a big Beatles fan. So like mm. you know, I, I don't know. I, what are you going to do? You know yeah, that kind. I've of, yeah. got a hole in my pocket. <laughs> you know that that kind of thing. So uh, Jonathan, who's no longer listening, says uh, he just. <laughs> Um, he said that we haven't been mentioning uh, that uh, the show may be displaying Nia's powers for the first time. Um, in episode two, she was sleeping on her keyboard and dreaming. They showed rapid eye movement. And then she woke up and ran out for coffee. I believe she actually had a dream slash premonition about Brainy getting attacked at the pizzeria and so ran off to rescue him. The getting coffee was her excuse to leave. What do you think? I think that's genius. I've not thought about that. And we we saw her sleeping again this episode. Yes. Potentially last week. I'm pretty sure it was this episode okay. that she's that she was sleeping at her desk and James goes over to it and he's like, mm. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. So so yeah. So she is sleeping a lot and and you know, that could dreams come with, with that. So I do wonder if maybe she like has her power. Uh, on a very mild level and hasn't really learned how to use it yet. You know, it's sort of, she's having, maybe we're going to start seeing her having like episodes. Um, Or she like secretly already knows how to use it and she's using her powers for good already. Like there's no, like there's like maybe like a training to be a hero, but not training to use her powers, you know, kind of thing. So maybe she's already, mm -hmm. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm, so that's cool. I'm sad that we have not mentioned that. We're yeah, well, we're doing a horrible job. Frank. We're the worst. We're fired. But thanks to Jonathan for uh, for for that. He also says, um, you know, so you both said that you were disappointed we didn't actually get to see uh, karaoke night in that scene last week in four or three. Uh, but we actually did. That scene where Kara confronts Ben in the bar takes place right before the cold open of 
episode 314, Shot Through the Heart. So it's Kara's even wearing the same exact outfit and ends up singing that Beastie Boys song shortly before Wynn learns of his father's death. So that was a that was a flashback to that same night that we saw them at karaoke night. I assumed, and as I, I think you might have, Tim, that that was a different night that they happened to be at karaoke. Agreed. Yeah, I thought it was a different but night, it, but I love that it was already something that happened. It was the same night. So that makes me kind of... So Jonathan's right. Okay, so we were like, oh, we want more karaoke, you know, karaoke Kara. Kara. Um, take a drink. Mm-hmm. <sighs> karaoke Kara. Um, Kara. Karaoke. Um, and uh, I still want more. And now that I know that, that they just uh, brought us back to that same night, I'm like, well, give us a different night. Give us another night of kara- karaoke. Want more. Right. I want more. I want it all. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, totally. So thank you, Jonathan, for, for those those notes. This next one comes from Mike. Mike actually uh, tweeted at us last night, too. Um, Mike tweeted uh, that he, he didn't he didn't love uh, this most recent episode of Himsa. He said he gets a C minus. And then he emailed us and told us a little bit more. So he says, uh, I, I enjoy the Arrowverse shows, but I'm more the anti-hero fan like Venom. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of the episodes. Why, of is, Ven- Why is Venom the, the one you went for? Or was that in his email? That was in his email. That was the example he used. Oh, okay, Probably of the movie. You know, that's okay. a recent example. So I've watched a lot of the episodes of Supergirl lately. They've been, and he says they've been stale with lousy ratings. Why not have a storyline entitled Uprising? And here's his pitch. Have the government come to the conclusion that, that Supergirl is a menace and needs to be jailed. Have Kara be, like, just being herself until she's lured out by Agent Liberty. And as she fights him, have the government put a collar on her and arrest her and head it into the, into the break into commercial break where she's jailed if you want it to be really good have alex turn on Kara and have her say it's for her own good to be jailed that's his pitch wow that's that's intense out of character for alex out of character sorry you're gonna take a sip Shoot. You know, <laughs> I didn't even know what I did. I was like, "What are you? How, why are you saying things weird? Why are no, you actually taking a sip? You don't have to. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm just messing with you." Yeah, but but my drink is good, You're, so okay, it's okay. That's fair. That's fair. But my, that's my drink is good. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It actually kind of feels like we're moving a little bit towards that storyline to mm. begin with. Mm. So I wonder if. I, I I let's say that does happen. I don't know if Agent Liberty is going to be working with the government though. Though I do suspect I do suspect kind of foul play with with the president. You yeah, know, the something. vice president. There's something not quite right there. I feel like we would have seen more of him and they would have reinforced to us that he was a good guy if in fact he was a good guy. Mhm. That's a great point. Mhm. Yep, I agree. So I'm I, I'm and seeing as Agent Liberty has some sort of governmental connection background in the comics, you know, it, you know that's where Agent Liberty or, originally comes from. I I am not opposed to seeing some like secret shady government team up kind of thing because we've not really seen Kara versus the government yet. I would like to see that. Yeah, that would be that'd be Trey interesting. Yeah. I think I think it would be a little out of character for uh, for out of character for Alex to you know be like this is what you deserve you alien I, th- I think that would be out of character just you know we have three three years of of character backgrounds at this point and it would it would be you know a, a little out of out of the out of bounds but especially given her speech in this week's episode right right but um, it would be really cool to see Kara be like a fugitive from the law. And have to win back the respect and trust of the government and of the people. That would be, I'd be on board with that. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm on board for that as well. Cool. Cool. Thanks to everybody who emailed us this week at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Keep those emails coming in. We love them. Uh, we love all of you for sending them to us. Also want to say a big thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers who uh, keep this show independent, keep us going. Uh, make it possible for us to pay the bills that are required to 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 do podcasts. You know, podcasts are not are not free. They do cost a little bit of money to produce. And uh, thanks to everyone supporting us, uh, we're able to do it. You know, even if you just listen to this show, if you just listen to Supergirl TV Talk, you want to give us a dollar a month. That's like a quarter per episode. You know, it's like one quarter a week um, is really all we ask. Just a little something to to keep the keep the show going. For that for that quarter for that dollar a month, you would get. 
a weekly instant podcast that comes out just minutes after Supergirl airs on the East Coast. You get our uh, cut for time uh, specials where we will bring you something that was removed from an episode or a topic that was if we go off topic and we we've edited out of a show. We'll we'll throw that up there or even just the banter between, uh, you know, before and after we record that kind of stuff gets up there on for our Patreon subscribers. We've had a few of those lately and they've been a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. check out patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. Uh, that's the name of our network. And that's that's where the Patreon is. And uh, that is the best way to support us. Like I said, quarter a week. You know, if you can, if you can spare twenty five cents a week just to, to say thanks for uh, for putting on the show, then that's really all we ask. So patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. And thank you to everyone who's already supporting us. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. So do we want to? So last week we did. Uh, that was a good bit. First, do you want to stick with that? I doesn't really matter. I kind of like doing the themes first. I think. Right. What do you think? I say let's do story time. Do you want to do story time? Story time. Story time village. Story time theme. Story time themes. Story time. I like story time village. I don't know why. Story time village. Isn't that a place? Isn't that like a theme park? Story book land was a theme park and Santa's village is a theme park. I have combined them together for for story time. Story story time village. Story time village. That's whatever. Whatever it is. Oh, my God. Why are we here? For if me? you're making us artwork, use Storytime Village. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's better. Work with that. You can make the little houses out of books and like something like that. It's great. It's great. And have like Kara flying over it or something. I don't know. Like Santa, because <laughs> <laughs> because Santa's Village, the oh, best man, theme park in the itself. world. Oh my goodness! I wish I was an artist. I know. I really do too. Supergirl Season 4, Episode 4, entitled Achisma, premiering on November 4th, 2018, directed by Armin V. Kevorkian, story by Eric Carrasco, written by Katie Rose Rogers and Jess Cardos. Teleplay by, obviously. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. So, Storytime Village. Frank, I, I, I'm finding just about four themes in every episode. That seems to be my, we you know, we're four episodes in, and that seems to be my go-to number. Nice. So are are you ready? Hit me. The correct answer was II Captain, but that's II Captain. Thank you. Theme number 1, questioning or self-doubt. Mm. You know the the self-doubt. Theme number 2, types of heroism. Ah, yes. Theme number 3, pushing back against authority. Mhm. And theme number 4, Ahinsa non no violence you know because sure. you know it's literally peppered throughout the episode that's yeah that was... although not throughout the episode it like gets there like a certain way through and like boom this is actually what the episode's about so frank let's let's kind of talk about this self-doubt and questioning thing because you know the first thing i always find is the beginning of the episode so it's almost like a perfect place to start you know what i'm talking about i, I would say the beginning is a very good place to start yeah. Oh, Sound of Music reference. Good hey, for you. Good for you. So, so we have two we have a lot of characters questioning themselves in this episode. We have Jean questioning his new angle on life, right? You yep. know, we you know like, you know, my father was a great prayer leader, but is this actually the path that I'm supposed to be on? Alex is questioning her ability as a leader, uh, as the director of the DEO. Brainy is questioning questioning himself in the 21st century and what he's good for. James is kind of questioning himself to a tiny extent because he's like, is this the right path of not being Guardian? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the right answer, James. <laughs> so... Um, and then and then on the other side of that, you have Kara, who is literally could die at a moment's notice. And she's yep. like, Meh. no, <laughs> she's like, whatever, whatever. This is I, what I'm supposed to do. That's her being a hero, though. Right. It's, that's her whole thing. But the growth of Kara from seasons one, two and three to this moment where she's trapped in a suit, claustrophobic Kara. Let's not forget. That's right. You know, and she's trapped in the suit and she's like, mm, no. This is, you know, I'm supposed to be a hero, right? This is the this is the double tie, right? You know, there right. are different types of right. heroes. And Kara and James are really these different heroes. James says heroes go out there even when they know something bad's going to happen. That's what makes them a right. hero. Yeah, yeah. 
And so Kara is showing that type of arrow, and she's like, I'm, I know I could die. I could technically die every time I go out, but I'm going to anyway. And that, that, the, her strength of character, I think, is what gets, is like a, is the inspir is almost the indirect inspiration for everybody who is full of self doubt in this episode. Okay. In a little, yep. in, in a tiny, in a tiny way, you know, Jean, I mean, Jean and Alex are really there for one another. They both have these moments yes. of horrible, horrible doubt. They just can't figure They cannot get out of their own way. I think one of the best scenes in this episode was Alex crying alone in the locker room. Oh my God. Wasn't it though? That was probably one of the the most realistic and human moments in almost in three plus seasons of this show. You know, like where where the a shows, you know, show um, regular television shows. You know, twenty two episodes, mm-hmm. forty forty two minutes a piece or so. You know, for commercials, a lot of t- especially ensemble casts. We don't have time for moments like that. We got to propel the plot forward. We are a plot-driven show. We're not a character-driven piece, and so we are moving forward. Got to get to the next point in the plot. Sure. But this episode took—I wouldn't say that it took its time, um, because a lot of it felt very choppy. This episode, like the, the like, I would think people are just kind of there all of a sudden, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess you're here now. Um, and I guess, oh, this is what's happening. We're over here. But it sacrificed its kind of smooth, I, I guess it's smooth story for character moments. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I totally. and I and I really appreciated I really appreciated those character moments from from Alex in that moment. And I really appreciated them from Brainy because they're working real hard to make this audience like Brainy. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, it's working. Yeah, it is. They're working overtime and really like we're we're almost we're we're catching up for lost time with Brainy since he's sort of the new win. Um you know, the the win role, the Cisco role, the you know, whatever, however you wanna um, you know, Felicity, whatever. Um you you need to like love that person, right? And you, they need mm-hmm. to be like a scrappy, lovable type. And so since we haven't had a ton of time with him, they're they're working hard to get us there, get us up to speed with him. And it's I, I agree. I think it is working. Um, to- get, totally agree that Alex's moment of of vulnerability was one of the like most real and most human moments in the whole show, and I I also agree this episode pacing wise was a little choppy. Um, I I really enjoyed, but 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 it was at the expense of like they wanted to tell cram a lot of story and a lot of character moments, as you said, into this episode, and I guess the best way that they could do it was by jumping around from plot to plot, and the result of that was that it was a little bit there was a little bit of like. Mm. Uh, what's 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 the word for when you're whiplash? Uh, it was a little bit of whiplash. We were sort of whiplash. like you know, lash. Yeah, yes, yeah, quickly jumping back and forth and, mm-hmm. and kind of losing your like. Oh, okay, we're here again. But but all in all, as much as the pacing was a little bit off, the actual storytelling was really really solid. I think so. I I mean, I think staying within this self doubt questioning theme. One of the best character moments is not, you know, Brainy quiet, crying with his, you know, like it's, you know, tears of logic, which mm-hmm. was h- hilarious. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Great line was Lena teaching uh, him to box in his feelings. Yes. Oh, my God. Is that unhealthy? That is literally Whoa, against yeah. everything you're supposed to do. Do it myself. Can't say that it's good for you. But <laughs> Um, but it's not, that's not how you're supposed to do feelings. It's okay to, you know, shelter them a little bit if it's not the appropriate time to tell people how you feel, you know, uncle Jim's funeral, not the greatest time to tell people how you feel. Right. Right. Sure. But, um, but for Lena to be like, what I've learned to do is take a, is I put those feelings in a box and then I put them in another box and then I put them in the closet and I smash them with a hammer, you know, (laughs) Isma style, you know? You know, I, and and Brandy's like, ah, I see. Yes, I think that would work. What's the what crazy is about this that the show is then like, oh, by doing that, we've also solved the problem. Yes. So yes. it's like, 
it's like this method does work, but will it come back to bite Brainy in the butt? We'll find out. Right. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, it's Brainy, right? It's not like it's another person. Like, <laughs> sorry. Ooh, wow. Wow, yeah. Frank. But but it's not like it's another human um, who, who would uh, presumably deal with feelings differently than a Kaluan. Right. So, he does deal with feelings differently. He says it himself. That doesn't mean he's not capable of them. Right. He's not right. a robot. He's not a robot, but he, what's the word he used? It was a bio... Techno organic something or other. Yeah, like he's like an android. It was it was the gist of it, um, where he's got human parts and like robot parts, but he is not. But he has feelings, and he's got like he's he's not just a robot. He's mm-hmm. he's a living creature with feelings. Um, and uh, so so does that come back to bite him, or does the you know uh, tech tech part of him is that able to to switch off the feelings and not have any repercussions? You know, is it like data? from from next generation or what what what, how how exactly does he work i I don't i don't think so i don't think think he's i don't think it's like data data's learning about feelings right i would i would put him more in a spock category where he you know he even though spock's not an android but spock Mm. is like deliberately feelings over here logic first yes and you know but sometimes the feelings come out and i i think i think it's more i think it's a little bit more in line like that that works for me. That's good. That that's a good analogy for me. That really works. Yep, yep. I like that. You're welcome, Frank. You're so welcome. Let's move on to types of heroism, mm. Frank. You know, it, there's the it. It kind of goes to the. It's it's really Kara and James, and you know, and Kara has this. She doesn't really have this doubt, right? You know, even when she's sick, she says, you know, I know I can. I know I can do this. It doesn't matter if I'm sick. I can do this. And, you know, and I said before, James, like they're going into battle regardless of the bad things that can happen to them. Kara goes in multiple times knowing she may die, but that's technically what she does every day. Sure. So, and Alex thinks she's being a kind of hero at first when she's, you know, kind of hiding behind the rules, right? Being a rule follower can be a type of heroism. You don't have to break the rules all the time to be a hero sometimes that's okay that's not what james thinks though arguably right because you know he's you know he decides to suit up again as guardian Mm -hmm. and he's like i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna suit up as guardian it's gonna be great and a part of me was like woo guardian's back and then he does that cool motorcycle thing with the like the trips everybody Mm -hmm. and then that's it that's that's what you came back for. So we got. You came back to trip some people on a motorcycle. Are you for are you for realsies? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Well, to him, it was kind of worth it because you know he's like you know there are no charges. The cops might even deputize Guardian. Like it's so different. But yeah. then then there were consequences. But then there were consequences. The racism. All those articles written by Ben Lockwood. Did you see that? I did. Mm-hmm. Written by Ben Lockwood, so you know there's not any good. So you know he's back, the human defend, the human defender of humans. You know, mm-hmm. beating up on the aliens that didn't work out for James. So sometimes running out there and being a hero, regardless of the consequences, can get you into trouble. Right? Yeah. So now he is a hero to these people who are who have you know racists uh, and and. Uh, Xenophobic, not racist so much, but xenophobic, um, xenophobic tendencies. motivations. Yeah. Um, so he's become a hero to them unwittingly without wanting to be, which again, uh, I've been beating this drum all season, but like that's another thing that's sort of ripped from the headlines. Like that's been, that happens, that's been happening in our actual society where um, people or, uh, or even just like uh, cultural icons uh, become co-opted for one political motivation or another, and they're like, "No, this is our symbol." Um, and in many cases, you know, the, there've been like comic strip characters and things like that. They get co-opted by one political agenda or the other. And in many cases, the creators of those things are like, "No, I didn't. This is my I, this is my character. You can't make this a symbol of your political agenda." And people just do it anyway because they'll, they'll make memes out of it or whatever. So that's what's happening here, and that's what this is supposed to be commentary on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, it's a you know another another reflection of a thing happening in in real life where they've got Lockwood using Guardian as a, a tool and an icon for his movement. Do you think that 
Knowing James, he's probably going to go out there and do stuff anyway. I wonder if knowing James and knowing that everybody knows James's identity, it's not a secret anymore. I wonder if he doesn't use Catco to make a statement about it. Uh, I mean, he might, but then it. I think it comes off as edit. I mean, I think Ben Lockwood probably has thought of that, and there's going to be there's going to be a contingency plan for James to do that. I don't think that's going to get James out of any hot water. He's a professor. He's a smart guy. Exactly, and and James is a, a human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's he's also a smart guy. James is a very smart man. He's very wise, tall, yes. could definitely kill you with one hand, man. Oh, oh yeah. Man, oh, yeah. is a, just a giant of a human being. I, I felt so tiny standing next to him that one time. I know, and we're not short, Frank. We're like no. regular heighted people, yeah. and yeah. Makata is just enormous. But anyway. Yeah. So that's that that's that bit of, you know, those bit about being a hero. And then, of course, you know, um, for Alex, you know, she's being a leader means doing what needs to be done and taking the consequences. Right. And so and she believes that. Like, she, absolutely. She lives it out. She does live it out, you know, because, you know, at the end, you know, Colonel Colonel Haley shows up and they're like, oh, just so you know, the president thinks you suck. So I'm here now. FYI, have a good time, have a good day. Yeah. And so James is going to have to take the consequences of suiting up as Guardian again. Kara is really the only one that gets away, I would arguably say, scot-free in this episode, right? Because nothing really bad happens to her. You know, she she becomes regular Supergirl at the Mm -hmm. end. You know, they clear Mm -hmm. up the atmosphere. And there really are no consequences for her for her actions right you know they are there they there are for alex because of kara yep but yeah so what do you think about that yeah yeah actually you're right i hadn't really thought about it that way but you're very right she does sort of get off scot-free without without many consequences i mean other than i mean she learned a valuable lesson that day like that's kind of it you know she learned a valuable lesson that day, didn't that's she? Kind, though that's kind of the only the only consequence, because yeah, it, it, Alex takes the heat. Kara just gets like a stern talking to from her sister, and they make up by the end. So what really, you know, what harm really comes to her? Not much. Nope, not much. She actually yeah. learns nothing. This is an episode in which, because she has this confidence in herself. In those around her, she doesn't really need to learn anything. She, I there's guess. not a lot of growth for her in this episode, uh, at least not by necessity. No, but I mean, like, do you go through do you, every day of your life when something happens? Do you grow as a human, or I are you just suppose not? But just it's also the same TV, so yeah, right. You know, you're the same. <laughs> but person. yes, you're right. I am the same person today as I was 24 hours ago. Sure, not that much new has changed. So, and you can attest to that because I was with you yesterday. Fun that fact, peek behind the curtain. We had a grand old time. We did. There's this pushing back against authority kind of deal we have here, this yeah. theme. You know, so Car is in the suit versus Alex's orders, right? You know, she's, I am your commanding officer. There are rules for a reason, you know, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. And uh, do you think, I mean... Alex basically says that she was she was wrong by the end of it, but was she really? You know, I I think I think Alex was right uh, from the from the beginning from the beginning because God, you're such a Percy Weasley you rule I'm, follower. I'm, but you know what? Yeah, I am a, I am a rule follower. But Me too, Frank. Like, can't deal Cara with breaking was, the rules. I know. I know. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Um, Kara is a member of the DEO she's a DEO agent you know by by whatever you know whether you want to say she's deputized or whatever it is um and so yeah she she should be following the orders of her commanding officer um and she just casually threw the those orders aside because it's her sister and she knows she can get away with it I also I threw out a Twitter poll while the episode was airing and uh fifth it's actually closer than I thought it would be who do you, who do you think 
are so who do you agree with Kara or Alex well see based on the based on the end of the episode I could say I agree with Kara because everything worked out okay but during the course of the episode I would tend to agree with Alex just a little bit like there are rules and you could probably die and if you died over like coughing you know that would not be great for morale so I'd say sit it out. So you, it sounds like you agree with Alex in principle. In principle. But, but it worked out, so like kind of no harm, no foul for Kara. Right. In real life, I agree with Alex. In a yeah. show like okay. Supergirl, I agree with Kara. Okay, okay. Our audience, uh, 47 people voted in this in this poll, and uh, Alex won, but by a surprisingly small margin, 57%. To forty three percent for Kara, fifty seven forty three. So pretty, you know, a, a fairly a fairly narrow margin there. Um, so it was it was fairly close. Uh, but but interesting, interesting to see what, what what folks thought. So it seems like most people. I mean, if anything, the fact that it was so close, I think, says that people are are, are thinking a lot like you are, where it's like, well, I agree with Alex, but Kara was kind of right because it was fine in the end. So you know, some people give their vote to Kara ultimately anyway, right and it's also the kind of the world that you're like is it real world or their world you know like say like in the you know because i'm a teacher and so like i'm and i'm rereading harry potter right now um and not that i haven't you know reread it since teaching but like for whatever reason this time around i'm like i'm really honed into like the decisions of like them as students and what they're mm-hmm. doing versus what the faculty at hogwarts is kind of allowing or or what they say or anything and i am appalled that school (laughs) is real interesting frank (laughs) but you know in principle i agree with harry ron and hermione breaking the rules and running around and like doing this and this and this and this because that's the story but you Mm. know like harry like being like participating in the triwizard tournament just because you know, it's a binding magical contract. Stupid. Mm-hmm. That's no. Just pull that kid out of there. He doesn't have to compete. It's dangerous. Like yeah. none of this nonsense. What What is the matter with all of you? Um, like that wouldn't happen at a real school, right? Exactly. But in the world of Harry Potter, you just go. You go along with yeah, it. So sure. in the world of Supergirl on Earth thirty eight, you just go with breaking the rules because you know sure. what? Ultimately, she is the goodness, right? In yes. more ways than one, and yes. so. You know, the authority is not usually correct in this case, you know, because you also have Alex with the pushback and the president. The president is not right here, you know, like Supergirl should stay out of it or I will court martial her or whatever, all this different stuff. And it's like, well, you probably have a hidden agenda. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that makes me suspicious of him. The fact that we're not seeing a lot of him and when we do see him, he's not super... He's he not doesn't super, inspire a lot of trust not, or confidence. Right. He's like, nah, Supergirl can't help people anymore. She's sick. Cough, cough. Black lung, green lung, whatever you want to call it. You know, so, yeah, I'm against, I'm against, uh, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm in this world, authority is not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even Agent Liberty kind of has that motive because it's Agent Liberty versus Mercy, right? Because technically she's his boss. Sure. You know, and his pushback is like, you you know, you're wrong. You're not thinking big enough here. Like, you may have hired me to be this person to do this thing, but I'm going to push back against you. And I really think that he's going to, like, step into the spotlight, right? He's not going to be able to handle listening to somebody else. I think you're right. I think that he will make a power grab at some point. Right. Because... I mean, to to go back to Alex, Alex sees rules as protection. You know, she says that. And you need to trust your instincts instead. And Ben Lockwood is trusting his instincts. You know, he's not letting the traditional terrorist methods, you know, play out the way that Mercy wants them to. Or Mercy's Mm -hmm. boss, whoever whoever that may be, perhaps Lex Luthor, Mm -hmm. will find out. You know, what do you think about what do you think about all that? Frankly. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think that I think that Lockwood Lockwood in a lot of ways is what Alex like even though he's doing he's doing this for evil, he is the kind of leader that Alex is talking about. 
um, when she says like, so you said something interesting there that, you know, rules are, are for safety or something to that effect. I, I, I think that's spot on. I think that Alex very much feels that, you know, rules are there to keep everyone safe and, and you should follow the rules unless, and this is where she like, you know, believe, trust your gut when, when you're pressed, you know, between following a rule or not, do what's going to keep people safer or do what the right thing is, even if there's not a rule for that, or if it means breaking the rules once in a while to, to do good. And I think that Lockwood thinks he's doing that. You know, we saw his whole backstory last week. He thinks that he thought he was protecting his family that whole time, right? Like every decision he made was, was for ostensibly for a good, a good cause or a good motive. Uh, even though he did horrible things and, you know, uh, you know, it's still murder whether you have a good motive or not. Um, so he 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 I think try he has similar ideals as Alex in a lot of ways, but just, you know, uh, carries them out for evil purposes instead of good. Yep. That's great. It's great. So let's talk about this last theme that is kind of the the bulk of this episode the ahimsa, you know, the Hindu word for no violence. Yes. Right. And we see this mostly with Manchester Black, new character, Manchester Black, uh, who is, I guess, going to be sticking around. Wasn't I, it, I, so. I thought it yeah. was going to be a one-and-done character, but he's he's a sticking. And, yeah, uh, no, it I'm, seems like. And I'll get into his comic origins when we talk about, you know, when we, when we do Professor Comics Corner. But basically, you know, he is V's fiance, this woman that Jean is trying to track down and all of this, all of this stuff. And... It is this violence versus no violence method, right? Because Jean is questioning his no violence method, whereas Manchester Black is not. He has no self that He's like, I'm not questioning the no violence method. There is something in your brain that you can turn on and off. I'm going to be violent or not violent. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And he has chosen nonviolence because of V. And you could mm-hmm. just feel it coming that oh, that yeah. wasn't always going to be his, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you could just feel that is going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, if you, know, you could flip the switch one way, you can just easily flip it back the other way. Exactly. You know, because we, you know, Jean's big doubt is, you know, I'm a pacifist now, and people are getting hurt because of it. And I think it's Alex that says pacifism doesn't mean uh, inaction. It might be Manchester mm-hmm. Black. It might be Alex. can't remember. You know, pacifism doesn't mean inaction. It's just like you have to come up with a new way of doing things. Right. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that was Alex in I their little right. in their little heart to heart that they had. That's what I remember too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't. What, what were your feelings on Manchester Black and that whole that whole story? I loved the way they told his story. I I I was you know after last week was such a great villain origin story. Um. I was hoping for with this character when, when he first came, I was like, okay, we're probably not going to get as much dedication to his backstory like we did to Lockwood's, but you know, they did a pretty decent job for, for, for weaving it into a bunch of other plot lines and everything else that was going on sort of as a B plot. This was a pretty good B plot. And, and, and I felt like we got to see a little bit of an arc for him where he started in one place and ended another by the end of the episode. And now they've kind of set up who he is and he has, motivations that make sense and he's a, a pretty a pretty decently fleshed out character for for having you know fairly little screen time and uh let me just say that i would totally watch a spinoff series of him and john like solving crimes together or something yeah they were great they were a great little duo weren't they yeah yeah they were cool that was really really cool i was i was on board with that i love his accent too mm-hmm. i love I will- that manchester accent I wonder how I wonder what Jonathan the UK thinks. I was wondering how hard it was for David Harewood to continue in his American accent um, because he comes from the the other side of the pond. And you know, when you're opposing working opposite somebody who is doing an accent, you know, one that might be like that might be yours. I wonder how hard it is to keep his own, you know, his fake one. Right. Yeah. That's that's. It must be like kind of a kind of a trip to be like. Uh, you know, to have to to have to do that and have to keep your your be doing your American accent while this guy gets to do his 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 British accent. That's that's pretty funny to me, right? So so anyway, so you know they they find V and you know she's so poorly taken care of and spent and whatever else. She dies in the she dies in the chair in front of Manchester, right? And you know and so 
she was the only thing keeping him from being violent. And she says to him, you know, like, don't go back. Don't, you know, be mm. this person. You have to continue this path. And at the end of the, you know, we see him like buying all the guns and, you know, all that kind of thing. And so I wonder what his, I want like, what is his plan moving forward? Like, who is he? Re- Cause he's not a xenophobe, obviously. And so I wonder what his, like he talk about anti-hero i guess technically mm-hmm. right you know because mm-hmm. you know but if you're gonna buy all the guns that generally means you're moving in like a, a terrorism kind of kind of mode unless he sure. the unless manchester black is going to be like this series version of the punisher or something ah. something along those lines you know because he's it's like a one man a one man vendetta against something sure you know sure. those who hurt v you know but they're okay question also did mercy and otis die or were they just like hit and then knocked out and wounded like it's very unclear it is unclear i think they were just wounded okay i think so too but like because there wasn't any kind of fanfare yeah 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 right right exactly but okay, thank you for um, thank you for clearing that up for me. So, uh, Frank, do you have any? Um, do you have any other thoughts on Storytime Village? Other thoughts on Storytime Village? I think I said what I have to say the- on themes. I have some good bits to talk about later, and 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 so forth. But um, I think I I think I covered off on my my Storytime Village points. Yeah. Fantastic. Then let's go. That was a good bit because there were some good bits in this episode, Frank. There were there were quite a few good bits. There were quite a few good bits. One, the DEO desert facility with the Helgramite. Like, it, you know, it, it feels like it's so nice to see the desert again, which just sounds yeah. dumb. But I'm like, yeah, it's supposed it's to be in the desert. It's back. Like sometimes like you forget because I mean, because it's filmed in Vancouver now. So it feels a little bit more like. You know, the western part of the United States and Canada, you know, yeah, and so yeah. it's a little chillier. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, it's got that Pacific Northwest vibe. It doesn't feel like Southern California anymore. Right. And so but seeing things like desert facility and stuff like that, it that I like that feels I like good that too. I'm feels good that. to be there. What was one yes. of your good bits, Frank? One of my good bits. Uh, oh, I, I really loved that uh, heads-up display inside of Kara's helmet. That's mine too. Very yeah. Iron Man. Very Tony Stark. It's crazy how Iron Man has influenced one pop culture and film or whatever else. But the heads-up display is something that we've not really seen that way before. It's always the POV shot kind of going out but seeing the head in the mask with the heads up display that's an iron man original and i loved it here it was great mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. great to see her face just zoom, boom so because she has such an emotive face yeah. it was great to see it that close in action almost to see how she responds to things like to kind of watch her facial tics that that was pretty pretty cool that was really cool and it was like the same as it was like the same it, yeah. effect as Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. Black blackness, just the head, all the, you know, digitized bits all around her. Right. Right. So that was that was interesting to me. Um, I liked that. I liked there was uh, let me know if you you caught this. I'm, I'm sure you did. You're good at this. Um, did you catch the passing reference to the Mind Palace? Yeah, Sherlock, Sherlock. The, the Mind Palace. If you're in your Mind Palace, tell Streaky I say hi. Yeah. Right? So there was a Streaky reference, Streaky, her super cat, you know. Right. But why does Brainy know about Streaky, the super cat? That's a question I want answered, Frank. A question I want answered. That's true. Yeah. How? Do, well, I guess because he's from the future and he knows a lot of things from the future. Sure. But there's, why would you say that? It's there's something. There's got to be something there that's too specific. To just like be a thing, right? I don't yep. know. There's I, there's something that I I'm not sure exactly what it is. It just feels like there's something bigger there. I um going back to the heads up display, Supergirl crashing through the wall in the police station. Yes, and then her POV fight was super cool. I don't so really remember cool. the last time I saw Supergirl crash through a wall like that. Like like the it was it was a just a well framed 
like millisecond of a of a shot. Right. But it was it was all the super and I really liked it. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, w- it was within great. within that fight, Jean flooring those two guys when he was like, bam, taking them down because I'm Jean Jones. And then Manchester Black spin and sit on the bench was also great. Yes. Yes. Um, really, there was a there was also a moment where Otis literally says, Welcome to Otisburg. Oh, did he? I missed that. When he yeah. Uh it was like during a fight scene. Uh, and he literally, he's about to take someone out, and he says, welcome to Otisburg. That's fantastic. <laughs> Which Great. I just thought was hysterical and amazing and just everything I wanted uh, out of, I mean, like, more than what I could have asked for out of uh, a uh, an appearance by Otis. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, Otis, that is a reference to Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve where Lex Luthor is going to, you know, cut off California from the rest of the United States and it's going to float away and it's going to it's going to create a lot of Lex different things Lex Village and Lex City and all this different stuff and then we have Casa del Lex Casa del Lex Casa del Lex and then he has Otisburg down in the corner and it's Otisburg just a nice place a little Mr. Luthor just a little place in the corner Otisburg oh man I love Otisburg so great it's great Uh, Tears of Logic we already talked about I loved that Tears of Logic was a good one, yes, yes. Yeah, a bit of a story point. Total hypocrites that Agent Liberty and Mercy and Otis are using aliens to control aliens. Oh, yes. Right? You know, yes. just like, they're bad and they do terrible things and we don't, we can't get any use out of them. Uses aliens for... But they're useful to me, yeah. Oh, my God, it's the worst. Yep. It's the worst. Uh, the Alex and Jean heart to heart we've talked about. That was a great moment. Great moment. I loved when Kara was like, not the pies. Not only not the pies, which was great, but then she has pies she at the end. She has pies. Do you have rhubarb? Yeah, three. What is this, amateur hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, it was great. She had to make good on the destruction of pies. I love that. Yes. Loved the Bebo drop. Yes. Yes. Do you know what Bebo is? I'm familiar with Bebo. Yeah. So Bebo, for those of those of you who just watched Supergirl, Bebo is a kind of like the Furby of the Arrowverse, um, mm-hmm. and it played super heavily into last season of uh, last season of Legends of Tomorrow. So I loved that Bebo came back. It's the stupidest thing, but I like love that little blue furry bear, bear thing. But it's one of those things like Big Belly Burger or whatever that they keep bringing back throughout the Arrowverse, you know, and it's 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 a lot of fun that they do those things. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that stuff. That's <laughs> it's great. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, you know what else was a good bit? Um, we at the end of the episode, we saw well, two things at the end of, end of the episode. We saw Kazni and Supergirl mm-hmm. again. And remember, we were wondering Kazni if she was a and Kara, Kazni and Kara. And we saw that uh, she was she was affected by the kryptonite, which we were wondering about. Yeah, she was quarantined, and they're like, yeah. you know, it's it's gone now. Kryptonite is gone, right. and she's like, right. can I get back to training now? Boris must free. Yeah, Boris must catch moose and squirrel. You know, Kazne <laughs> and Kara must catch many things. You know, whatever I'm doing is great. But it's yeah, great. I'm yeah, I was pumped to see that back. Weird that they were like. We've got you covered. No worries. Here's this thing that we're so like. I wonder what the Kazians know about her origin. Right. You know, like that they just had this thing prepared for her. You know, like just in case. It, you know, I'm, I'm so intrigued by that peppering story. Totally. And, and then the parasite in the ear. Total wrath of Khan. That was my next one. Yes. Oh, wrath. Uh, three words. Wrath of Khan. You know. Uh, so cool. Not only that, Frank, but it was purple. It looked like the parasite. It did. It, it was, did. It looked like the Superman villain parasite. It looked like yeah. the Superman villain parasite that appeared in season two of Supergirl yeah. already. Season two? I thought it was season one. Season two. Rudy mm-hmm. Jones. Season two. Pretty sure it's season two. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I did look it up, and it said, and it said season two. But oh, okay. Well, maybe, definitely... but maybe what I looked up. But I want to maybe I looked up what was wrong. So I don't know. But anyway, so Frank, those were all my good bits. Do you have any more good bits? That's it. We covered them. Cool. All the good bits. So heading over to Professor Comics Corner. I'm here to tell you about Manchester Black. 
Yeah, man. Let's do it. Tell this me about guy. it. Created by Doug Monkey and Joe Kelly uh, in 2001, first premiered in Action Comics 775. What's so great about truth, justice, and the American way? He is a telekinetic and a telepath. So, which we don't see any of that happen here, though he does make a reference to John's telepathy. Sure. You know, because they're kind of sitting there in meditation together. So maybe they're going to ignore that part of him or not. I don't know. But um, traditionally in the comics, Manchester Black leads a group called the Elite. Uh, and he hates people with, quote, high moral concepts. This idea that, you know, never killing is better than just ending the enemy right in front of you and stuff like that. He is a true, from his standpoint, antihero, you know, mm-hmm. Superman. And then other people definitely see him as a villain, um, but he's there to, like, push the buttons, you know, like um, to get you to do things you normally wouldn't do. Um, traditionally he wears a, um, sometimes it's tattooed, sometimes it's a shirt, um, a union Jack on his chest. And we got to see that t-shirt in the last, um, in this last episode. So that was pretty cool. He is currently a cow in the current DC comics universe. His, His brain is in a cow. I'm not going to tell you how it got there. You will have to read the story for yourself. It's pretty spectacular. Right on. Because comics. Because, because why would it, Because why wouldn't your brain be in a cow? Just I, I mean, it checks out. Yep, makes Should, makes a ton of sense. Makes so much sense. Um, so that was really the only. That was really the only thing. Maybe Colonel Haley. Um, there's a lieutenant. Oh, oh yeah. There's a lieutenant Haley in comics. She's uh, her name's Lauren Haley. I'm not sure if it's the same. One, she was created in 1985. She appeared in Wonder Woman 325, and she died in Wonder Woman 329. Oh. Uh, and well, s- a sad stint. Short yeah. Stint. So I'm not really... And there's not like... It's really just... She's just like a like a barely anything. You know what I mean? She was there for a few issues, and then she died the end. You know, oh. that's there's not, okay. there's not tons to her so maybe it's just a name they pulled for the sake of pulling maybe it's gonna be something else i'm still think that superwoman is gonna show up this season Mm, i'm still on that and i think colonel haley might be our lucy lane sub interesting so even though she's we found out that the suit uh is is kara you still you still think superwoman is on her way yeah i think so all right fair enough fair enough i'll be i'll be interested to see how that plays out me too I do have a. I actually have a quick thing for Professor Comics Corner. Oh yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah. Um. So, so it's actually some real time follow up on what we were just talking about with the parasite. Mm-hmm. So you are a hundred percent right. The Rudy Jones version of Parasite appears, uh, in uh season two episode Changing. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, he fought Monel and Guardian and uh and then. Uh, as far as we know, Supergirl used plutonium from a, that nuclear power plant and, uh, and and as far as we know, probably killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, oh, and then, and then uh, uh, Mr. McDespidalic made him appear for a second. Okay. Uh, but it was just a, an, an illusion. But, check this out, there is, uh, so Rudy Jones is the one that is the version, version of the parasite that you and I both know, but uh, it turns out there's more than one. There is more than one, and the other one uh, goes by the name of Jensen. Oh snap! The guy yep. who had a parasite in his brain. Look at that. Yep, and uh, Jensen. Jensen. Yep, 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 yep. That was actually the first appearance of the character. Uh, uh, Jensen in Action Comics number three forty, August nineteen sixty six. That was his, and that was created by Jim Shooter. Uh, first first appearance of of so Raymond Raymond Jensen, and uh, that is who we're dealing with here. So now Raymond Jensen appears in season four, uh, and this is this is what we're what we're dealing with. So we are seeing the origin of uh, the this version of Parasite. And that's why it had all the trappings of Parasite. That um, is great. I love that. So we can so talk. We I want to talk about this more when we get to another section, Frank. So yes. do you have anything to, further to say right now? 
That's it for that's it for Professor Comics Corner, I think. Great. So before we get to the trailer, let's do the wrap up in case people don't watch trailers. So here you go. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. If you don't want to hear spoilers and speculation on uh, the upcoming weeks, then uh, this is where we leave you. Thank you for listening. SupergirlTVTalk.com is where you can find this show and the show notes for this episode. You can find more reading on the Parasite and stuff like that. Uh, you can find us uh, anywhere podcasts are found, uh, be it Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find this show. You can tell your friends to search for Supergirl TV Talk anywhere they like, and they will be able to find it. Uh, you can uh, support us on Patreon for as little as a buck a month, a quarter a show. Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio is the place to do that. Thank you for doing that. Uh, email us, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Follow us on Twitter at TV Supergirl, and follow us on Instagram at SupergirlTVTalk. Very cool. Okay, so let's talk about this trailer since it's mostly Parasite-related. So we basically see Jensen going around as Parasite-ish, you know, looking like himself. And Parasite's whole thing is, you know, stealing powers and then using those powers against people. But then he gets real hungry, so he has to keep feeding and blah, blah, blah. And that's basically all we really see here. And he's coming after Supergirl and he's filthy like... Those he's never felt anything like that before, and so on and so on and so on. But it didn't occur to me like when they kept talking about the parasite and controlling people and sucking their powers and all this different stuff. It didn't occur to me until they were putting it in his ear in this episode. I was like, "Man, that's purple and looks like the parasite's mouth. This is this is the parasite that I'm looking at right here." And I had forgotten we had seen him a couple seasons back. Mm-hmm. I, that had left my brain. So I'm excited to see a new version. I'm real curious what they're going to do. You know, we've got a couple episodes of Jensen, like, being Jensen and then moving into this role. So yeah. I'm, I, it feels almost like Metallo-esque, right? Mm, you know, that yeah. you know that idea of, like, we've created you and now we can't control you. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to next week's episode because I, I like the parasite. It's a very interesting villain, generally cool design. I'm curious if they're going to keep Jensen looking like Jensen for a little while or if he's going to turn to a big purple monster like some, like, versions of the parasite do. So it's cool. I'm I'm pumped, Frank. Yeah, I'm interested. So I, I didn't, I didn't realize this, that he was going to be um, parasite until until really this conversation now. So I, it's kind of reframing the way I, I was watching it. But I, I've, I always liked the Rudy Jones version of the character. Um, and I don't obviously don't know the Jensen Jensen version of the character, so I'm interested to see how different he's going to be. Uh, I did remember that we had seen Rudy Jones. I misremembered it being season one, but I was like, oh, we saw him back in the day. So this can't be parasite. This must be something similar. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that, how that is going to, um, play out because that's, that's, it's cool that this is, you know, an, an original, this is like an OG character goes back to Jim Shooter, goes back to the sixties. So that's really cool for me. Um, well, he's trained to fight. He's a DEO agent. So I think that that gives him an extra level that Rudy didn't have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. It's very cool. All right. I'm into it. Me too. I'm into it. And uh, we didn't have any crossover. I mean, the, they're pretty much done shooting the crossover at this point. Um, oh, I guess there is the one, the one bit of casting that we found out late in the uh, in the crossover process. Yep. Uh, which is that the Psycho Pirate has been cast. Psycho Pirate was a character from Crisis on Infinite Earths, a very pivotal character from Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is the big 1986 seminal, you know, big. Uh, uh, reset button on the entire continuity of the DC Comics universe. I mean, they you know fifty plus years of continuity. They just hit a big reset button and redid every every line, every story. Um, when every character went back to square one, so Psycho Pirate was a big piece of that. This whole Elseworlds thing has had a lot of sort of echoes of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, so it makes me wonder, you know, if, if there's going to be a little bit of, not an adaptation, but a little bit of a, some homage to uh, to Crisis. So interesting, interesting that they've brought that character in. I think we're going to get a homage, but I think it's going to, I, I think that they're actually going to homage and then lead into something. Like it's a smaller version of the sort of almost like a prelude crossover that's eventually going to land us as like a huge infinite, infinite crisis crossover, you know, 
because that's a that's a thing that is coming, especially in the Flash, in just a couple of years. And so I think right. that I think they're starting to pepper that in now. It would be really cool if all the crossovers for this show got to a place where they themselves were like leading kind of like the Marvel movies do where every movie leads into the next. And there's a little bit of, you know, it's a standalone story, but it, it, it reveals something that's important in the next film. Mm-hmm. It'd yes. be cool if they did it with these crossovers where if you just watched the crossovers themselves and didn't watch the rest of the episodes of the shows, you would see a through line from one crossover to the next from, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019. That'd be really neat. Cause crisis. That'd be Earth very cool. Really cool. I would love it if they did, if they had some kind of, you know, something that picked up from there for this one for Elseworlds, and then in 2019, if there was another thread that picked up there, and maybe leading up to the big crisis that we know was coming in Flash. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I that wonder would be if a Flash or a Supergirl cool. will die in this crisis in Elseworlds. I'm gonna argue that not this one. Okay, it, you know, because because shows and stars and stuff, but I think I think it's possible down the line. I just when you're talking about alternate Earths, you never know. That's that's the only reason why I wonder. But I'm with you. I mean, it, yes, because of casting and stuff. But you never know with with alternate Earths. Yep, you never know. It's true enough. All right, well, Frank, this was great, uh, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And so, until next time, up, up, and away. <laughs> <laughs>